Welcome back. It's Tom Bell here. So great to have you for another episode. We're talking all things high performance, mindset, purpose, passion. And on today's episode, I have Adam Smith, a high performance coach. Welcome to the show, Adam. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Excited to catch up today, man. I really am. And so, um, you know, you're out there, you're living your best life, you're helping other people live their best lives. Uh, but for people who haven't yet come across, who haven't come across you yet, could you tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, so uh, I'm a high performance coach. Um, I help pretty much anybody who wants to optimize their life. And my mission is kind of to not only conquer my inner world, but help others conquer their inner world. So that's all the way from like sleep, making sure people are getting enough sleep and hydration and all the way through limiting beliefs and all that stuff. So um, I've been coaching for about three years um, before that. And I still do. I still have a um, an online marketing company that I do Facebook ads for mostly local clients. And yeah, just been loving the entrepreneur life uh, full time for just over five years and Prior to that, I did um, some graphic design stuff. Uh, I have a uh, degree in graphic design. I worked in agencies and marketing companies for eight years and then went out on my own. Mm, this entrepreneur life is just so intriguing to me because I feel like as I'm, as I look back on my life, uh, you know, I know, a friend of mine, a very close friend, we were talking the other day and she was sort of saying like, you know, you really are an entrepreneur. And we sort of look back through my life and all the different things I've done. And, and you know, in my mind, I'm like, well, I'm not successful. I haven't, haven't made big money. I haven't been able to do it full time, whatever else. But it's that it's an entrepreneurial spirit that I've had that I, this, this calling to keep trying to have the side hustles going and, and to be able to bring value. And, uh, and, it, and it had been this block about asking for money. And I think it's only just in very recent times that I've actually stumbled across this point where I'm like, actually, no, if I'm adding enough value, uh, and, and what I'm finding is when I'm, when I land in a situation where I know I can add value and the other person knows I can add value and, and I, and there's whatever that need is that they've got, I can solve all of a sudden the money will just come. Okay. So if I focus on the solving of the need, the money is starting to come and it's like, Oh, okay. I don't need to feel bad about that. Cause I can see that what I'm adding is, is, is better value than that money. So I could even probably price more. And, and so I think for me, it's this dream now of being able to be my own boss and to choose my own hours. And even if that meant 12 hour days, I think that would be okay. Cause it would be me choosing to give the 12 hour days. Um, so, you know, you talk about the inner world and overcoming that uh, I, I can see in my own journey that that's something that, you know, I'm, I'm having to do constantly as well. And it is what I help other people with. Um, so it's funny to think that whilst we can look at others and help them through their stuff, that doesn't always necessarily mean that we're always going to be on point ourselves because it's almost like the, the sandcastle on the, on the edge of the beach, like the water will continue to wash up and all of life's challenges and, and everything that life throws at you kind of tackles your sandcastle. So you've got to get back to your own sandcastle and build it again whilst, you know, you run away and help others with theirs. So what that, what's that been like for you? Like, you know, does it feel great to actually just be able to say that you're an entrepreneur and be able to know that you've kind of like carried yourself on your own, off your own bat, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, it really does. Um, I want to circle back just before I forget. I've, I've worked with a lot of coaches in, in my time and a lot of people don't think that they're necessarily worthy of being, having the label of a coach. 
And I always thought of it as if you can help somebody achieve a goal faster than they could yourself, you deserve to be paid for it. Mm. And like, I think that's the only thing that needs to happen. Like you don't have to have a certificate or a degree or anything like that. As long as you have gone through that journey and you are confident enough that you can help somebody get to a certain point that you've promised that you can do uh, faster than they can do it themselves. I think you're, you could like, you could qualify as a coach. So for you at the, at the beginning of your journey, um, if you're able to help people with their mindset and a lot faster than reading 10 books, like, yeah, you should definitely charge for it. Mm. Um, but back to the question. Yeah. It's really cool because I think now I'm, I'm 33. So Facebook and entrepreneurship and, and being your own boss was kind of, a when I was going through college and high school, it wasn't really a thing. It wasn't something that you could, could do, but I kind of always had in the back of this, of my mind, I wanted to do something on my own. I haven't really, I don't necessarily have a problem with authority, but I've never been really good at taking orders from people mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. kind of having people above me. So it's been really interesting over the last couple of years, there's so many different avenues to entrepreneurship. There is YouTube, there's TikTok Creator Fund, there is um, like the, the sex work side of things, even like with like the, the beginning of OnlyFans, like going up right now. And I think it's great because it's making your own economy rather than relying on other people's economy to like do that. So for me, while I didn't, I had this like kind of little thing, I didn't do lemonade stands or sell baseball cards or do anything like that growing up. But as soon as I saw the opportunity to be my own boss and knew that that was like something that I could potentially do for full, for full time, I, I dove right into it because mm the lifestyle that I wanted wasn't working with two weeks of vacation and having to go to a nine to five. And the last job that I had, um, I was driving 35 miles to and from work. So it was an hour there and an hour back and then plus traffic and it snows where I live. So it's like, if I got stuck in a snowstorm, it could have been two, two and a half hours to, to get home. And that just wasn't, it wasn't worth it for me. Mm, mm. See, that's an interesting one, isn't it? So there has to come this level of courage though, to be able to like actually make that jump. So like, what, what is it for you that uh, sort of like was like, was enough of a reason? You know, Cause most people would probably just stick it out. Like, this is just, this is what it is for me. This is, this is what, I, this is what I'm meant to be doing. Like, you know, you get that, like, I don't know. It's not, is, it's, is it stuck or I don't know what it is. It's, it's, obligation or uh, the benefits or uh, you know you, you know what I mean like it's 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 probably a, a magical mix of all of those things it sort of says well this is the life for me or maybe you were trying to find something else even closer to home um, just the spark like how, how did you get over that hurdle to say no I can do this yeah I think it's my story is a little bit unique um, I actually got laid off so I got laid off from my full-time job um, I had work I was working at a design firm um, we were doing marketing for a lot of different companies. And I saw this kind of insurgence of Facebook advertising coming up and social media marketing. And I really wanted to push the company that I worked for in that direction. And they, I kept hitting a wall, kept hitting a wall, kept hitting a wall, kept hitting a wall. And then as soon as they fell on tough times, I was one of three 
um, I was in like a graphic designer slash art, art director. So as soon as that kind of tough times financially hit, I was the lowest person on the totem pole. So I got pushed out. So before I got pushed out, I had um, asked a buddy of mine if he wanted help with his business and he owned a gym out in Arizona. And he was like, yeah. And so he's like, well, what do you charge? And I was like, I don't know. I, here's, here's a number, here's like some random number. So I just threw it out there. Um, and that kind of gave me the confidence to going through that process. When I got laid off, I decided, you know what, I'm going to just not redo my portfolio. I am going to try this out. And so here in the States, we have something called um, unemployment, which we pay into every, every month from our checks when we have like a nine to five job. Um, so I had a little bit of security and I also had been saving like crazy. So probably about a year before I got let go is where I had that little fire of like, I don't like my boss. I didn't like my boss in my last job. I don't like having to be here. Maybe I like maybe there's something I can do outside of this. And like, that's kind of when people were starting to make money on YouTube and, and stuff like that about five years ago when that, um, when that happened. And then there was just a big insurgence of everything I was seeing was entrepreneurship. And mm. I kind of got it in my head that if somebody else could do it, I'm smart enough and boneheaded enough to, to kind of run into the wall as many times as I need to run into the wall in order to get through it. And it just kind of happened from there. And that does seem to be a thing though, doesn't it? You have to, you have to actually keep, keep persisting, you know, like even if, if I've failed, uh, I feel like I've learned, I feel like I've just all these learnings from my past, but you have to keep trying to scale the wall. And even if eventually it seems that at one, one point or another, you kind of bang your head against the wall, against the wall, against the wall. And then finally you take a step back and you're like, what's going on? Oh, a door. And then you're like, was that always there? I don't know. And then you walk through the door now and you're like, what? how did it become so easy all of a sudden? But it only became easy because you you just wouldn't give up. You just kept clawing at the wall, banging at the wall, running at the wall uh, until eventually the door, um, you know, opens or, or at least you can kick the door down. You find the door part of the brick wall to be able to come through. So, um, so I love that. And, and being laid off, like, I mean, you know, in a way that's, that's like probably everyone's, uh, well, not everyone's worst nightmare, but a nightmare for most people, the idea of it. Uh, and yet it's the, it's a blessing in disguise for you because without that push, you know, perhaps maybe you would never, never have realized uh, or given flight to, to the dream or the thing that you'd kind of been yearning in the background there. Uh, and I wonder if other people feel the same way. Like I'm, I'm okay with bosses, you know, whatever I, I work for them and do the things for them, whatever else. But um, if I could just be choosing my own stuff, I would definitely choose that. Uh, and the idea, if I could get to a point where I have multiple income streams, cause then it's like, Oh no, one of those seven income streams has, has collapsed. Okay, cool. Uh, see if I can find another one. I've got the other six. Whereas when you're in your job and, and you know, you, you know, the, the, the economy you're sort of t talking about, it's like, it feels like a uh, crash, a uh, crash. And, and yet that's been um, ramped up now. It's like, Oh, restructure. Oh, and, and it's not even like there's all these changes within times could be okay. And still the business is like, wow, we're, we're, we're chopping down people uh, and your graphic designer number three, like, um, you know, I think it's Chris Elia. I don't know if you um, know, I'm pretty sure he's an American comedian and um, he's got like long hair, hilarious. 
what he's talking about in this um, comedy Man on Fire. He's like, you're not Denzel Washington. You know, you don't hop out of the car and like, and like the, and there's music playing a soundtrack to your life and, you, and you've got ripped abs and doves are flying. He's like, no, you're like, you're hopping out the car. The music stops because you're out, hopping out your crap car. There's a fat, um, fat pigeon on the ground. You know, your fat guts are you know, popping out your shirt because you don't work <laughs> out. You know, he's like, you're not, you think you're the main character of the, of the, you know, you're no, and even he's talking about himself. He's like, no, I'm comedian number three. And, you know, the real story is happening in the back of his restaurant. And, and it's like, we are the, we are the, um, the main characters of our lives, but, you know, somehow we've got to like take control and get to a point where perhaps we can beat that whole, like, I can just chop you at any minute and you're, and you're not worth anything because it's our story. It's somehow like taking it back, like get back to where it's your story. Um, I think I remember hearing Oprah say something once where it's like, I, even if the TV network was to like kick me to the curb and, you know, in her own words, uh, even if the TV network kicks me to the curb and my show's canceled, that doesn't matter because that's not my value. My value is what I bring and who I am and how I turn up. And it sounds like that's something that you've really stepped into. Does it, does it feel like that for you? Yeah, it, re- it really does. The, I think the, the other thing that allowed me to really be okay with kind of stepping out on my own was the insurgents and like kind of starting seeing people become personal brands. So that idea kind of stuck with me where as a employee, I don't have, I don't have that power. I don't have the power to pivot. I don't have the power to change directions and however I wanted to do it and however I wanted to live my life. But if I built myself up, so now I don't do much marketing, right? I do a lot of performance stuff because that's something that's been really important to me. But I went from marketing agency to coach and it was pretty seamless because I had built my personal brand up. And so people had seen me kind of talk about some of these things that I was doing. And then, so when I said, Hey, I have a coaching program, people were like, Oh, okay. Yeah. It makes sense. Mm. So the idea around uh, personal brands and not, not being tied to one thing. And like, now you see people like some of these like TikTok people and all that, they're like, I'm a brand and I'm this like dancer, but I also have a merch company. I also have this. And it's like, you talked about seven streams of income last uh, a little bit ago. And how do you get those? You get those by being a brand rather than an employee or even a business owner. Like you have to be a brand more so than a business owner nowadays. Um, and that's kind of why I enjoyed the the coaching part and being able to be out front and center is because I'm not scared of being on camera. I have a little bit of a weird cadence and stutter sometimes, but that doesn't really bother me because I get to speak my truth every time I'm in front of a microphone or a camera or Mm. photo or whatever. And I think I was, I wasn't able to do that. And I, I came up with too much resistance too many times trying to speak my mind. And I think it is just like the straw that broke the camel's back where it's like, I can only want to help somebody else build their business as many times as, as I can before they're like, or they say no one more time. And I'm just like, 
I'm out. <laughs> I'm done yeah. with this. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's tricky, isn't it too? Like, you know, I can be in a place and you know, I'm an innovator and, and you know, you're looking at something and, and it'd be like, I don't know, you turn up to a place and they're digging holes with shovels and you're like, Oh, oh guys, I've actually been somewhere else. And I've seen that they actually use the end with the, uh, the metal bit, not the handle. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? We're not, we've always, uh, we've always done like this and like, you know, they've got these splintered handles and they're, they're using the shovel upside down and they don't know. And you're looking at it and like, and you can say like, no, 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 let me show you look how much more effective this is with the with this end and and here's videos of people digging with the with the actual shiny metal part of the shovel like the, this is how a shovel's used uh, and then before it's like people are looking at you like well what no this is our business and we know how it works and this is how it is and and so it is that tricky thing sometimes it's it's you can look at it and you can try to help and you can try to suggest but ultimately it's not your thing it's their thing and you have to be okay with being a cog in the overall machine if if that's what it is and so the the layoff thing like you were saving and you were saving and then and before it came to be um had you was it a side hustle or did did the day of the layoff kick kick it into gear like you know i know that you kind of had the savings and and you had kind of talked to that one friend um was there like a like a little runway where you'd started at least taking on him as a client and started doing some work for him before the layoff or was it the layoff was the was the moment of truth it was I started taking on him as a client probably about a month or so before, um, before I got laid off. And, but the run up to that was a lot of training. I mean, I was in courses and, and doing a lot of stuff prior to that. And yeah, that getting laid off accelerated the fire. Definitely. For sure. Mm -hmm. Um, the next, the next day I, I cleared out all my desk from all my other stuff and like completely made that, that swap to entrepreneur. And I don't know, like thinking back, I don't, there's like a self, there's a self identity that you have to have um, in order to, to be successful. And I don't know that I knew about that back then, but for some reason that like cleansing of not having the label of as an an employee really fueled that fire. Mm-hmm. So while there was some like lead up to it, I didn't even view it really as a side hustle beforehand. I was just like, my buddy needs help with his social media. I can help him. And I think I can help him make money. And I had been doing it for eight years prior. So I knew my kind of my lay of the land. And so, yeah, that like going home, I had a really hard uh, conversation with my mom and I was like, I'm, I think I'm just going to go for it. And she's like, all right, whatever you want to do, if you got the money saved, go for it. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then for some reason in that, that way home, I switched my personal identity from employee to business owner and just went right from there. And that's interesting because once your identity is on point, um, everything else can kind of then build around that. So I, I do find that very interesting. I feel like as you're talking, I'm imagining like the Wright brothers, you know, and I don't know the, the intricate depths of their stories, but it's like, you know, they're, they're, they're working on building the plane and then they're trying to find the model that works. And then finally, it's like they've, they, they, they nail it. Yes, they've been at it and, and they're intrigued in it and they're, and they're sort of making it happen. But you'd kind of almost been building the blueprints for the plane, you know, the, the whole way learning all those skills that you were able to help your friend with. 
um, you know, it was, it's for me, I've been coaching for so long through corporate uh, in, in various roles as an actual coach in corporate sales. The other day I was like talking to a friend coaching him. And then all of a sudden it was like, we just came across, came across sales. And I was like, you know, sales can have a dirty word or whatever it is, but ultimately I just get it. Like I've been a salesman my whole life and always genuine needs-based selling. And then when I was talking to him, I was like, we're unearthing different things about sales. And I'm like, oh, well, you could try this with your team. You could try that with your team. And it was just like, you could sort of see the eyes almost like dinner plates of my friend of like, oh my God, how do you have all this knowledge? And, and to me, I was thinking, oh, doesn't everybody know all of these things about this thing? Like, and of course there's no way on earth. I don't know anything about the stuff that he does because I haven't spent my time, my last 10 years of my life dedicated to what he's been doing. Um, and so I've, I've stumbled across this thing where it's like, sometimes, you know, I didn't even realize, I mean, silly, but like, I don't even realize just that I'd been building this mountain of knowledge in the background and then I am a coach, so I have the ability to articulate it and ask the questions to be able to get someone else to a point where it can help them. Um, so I, I, I do love that thing that we all have something that we're likely to have been building. So if we want to have a side hustle or we want to get across to being our own business owner, it's probably very likely that everyone has something that they could then create underneath their own personal brand that would, or multiple things that they could do um, to be able to create those income streams. Is, is that kind of maybe what you found? Like, are you working with people that want to have a side hustle or, or what has that been like for you? Yeah. A lot of the people that I've, that I've worked with in the past are um, coaches that, that want to be coaches that have a full-time nine to five job. Um, I like to call them after hours businesses more than side hustles, because I think it diminishes the, if you, when you say side hustle, it kind of diminishes the actual amount of work that you mm, have to do. That is true. And so an after hours business is like, obviously that doesn't resonate with, <laughs> that doesn't resonate with everybody. Cause if I were to like use my marketing, use that in my marketing, people would be like, I don't even know what that is, but it is, if, if you don't view your side hustle as an actual business, it's never going to happen. It's never going to be a full-time thing. And I think, and it doesn't have to be a full-time thing for everybody. You don't have to make $10,000 a month with your side hustle or, or after hours business. But I think through COVID and through everything that's happened, people realize that they are expendable. And they, I also think they realize that working from home is pretty awesome. Mm. <laughs> And not having to go into a job and wearing sweat, like I have pajama bottoms on right now. So nice. and nobody can see it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, that's what I work in most of the time. Um, besides when I like, if I, it's very rare that I'll have like an in-person meeting or something like that. And I also think that significance, people, people want to be significant. And your light can only shine so bright under the, um, other, under somebody else's umbrella. And so for like, for you, you've been doing all this coaching stuff. You have all this crazy knowledge and you don't know you have, you don't know that that, like how bright your light is until you step out of the umbrella of the company that you're working for, because mm. I'm sure you could probably teach me a ton of things about sales. And I think I'm pretty good at them. Mm. And so I think people are realizing that they are significant and they do have knowledge that other people don't. 
and that it can be used as something that is an income generating activity rather than just helping your friends get through relationship issues. Mm. I, I find it really interesting that like, as you've, as you've talked, it seems to me that underpinning it all seems to be the identity shift. Do you know, like even when you're sort of saying it's not a side hustle, it's, it's a after hours business. So, you know, if people are wanting to kind of succeed, it almost sounds like you have to become the person who does that thing. It's not something I'm dabbling in in the side. It's like, no, I have an after hours business. Even if you haven't taken on a single client yet, if, if you're seeing yourself as that business owner, well, then you are a business owner. You just haven't taken a client yet because there's a whole lot of other things that get to a point where you, you have to pull this work and you have to pull this stuff to be able to get to a point where you could even get the client uh, or it might come quick, you know, then that could be on your beliefs or whatever it might be. But um, yeah, how do, you, how do you think identity, like actually that part of formulating who you are and aligning it with who you want to be, uh, or even just realizing that it already is aligned, plays a part in, in people's success? It's essential. I think it's, it's the, it's the linchpin of, of all of it. I think if you don't have that, it, it falls apart. Um, and I think when you don't have it, you you run into things like imposter syndrome and self-confidence issues and stuff like that. And it doesn't happen. It's not easy. It doesn't happen easily. I mean, I have a set of things that I say that I am affirmations every single morning and I jump around and dance around and say them because I have to remind myself sometimes that I am that kind of person. And so if you don't have that, you're going to always run into a little bit of doubt. And when that doubt is there, like you are immobilized a lot of the time. How, tell me more about that. So this morning affirmation thing, and is this something that you've always been into like self-development books and ideas like this, or, you know, is it, has it, since you've been a business owner, like how is it that you've come to be, um, you know, knowing that you have the need for doing that? And has that been a string through your life? Like those sorts of things. So, yeah, my personal development journey started back when I was 16. I started meditating and kind of getting into more Buddhist philosophies on, on life and stuff like that. And it all spurred with um, a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of depression, a little bit of not knowing where I wanted to be in my life and a lot of getting dumped by my girlfriend mm -hmm. <laughs> at the time. So it's been about 16, 17 years since I started my personal development journey. Um, as soon as I started meditating, I just kind of fell in love with the idea that you can like a, like a house, like a, like Legos, you can build yourself into whatever you want it to be. Entrepreneurship accelerates. And I think is the best form of personal development. If you want to be successful as an entrepreneur, because you have to box those inner demons that you have, you have to set your life up so that you don't slack and that you're mm -hmm. being productive and that you're doing the things that you want to do, even when you don't want to do them. And I think a lot of people go by feeling and you can't let your feelings run your life. If you want to actually be successful in the things that you want to do, like a marathon runner is not going to be successful if they always go by the feeling, because if they do that, they're never going to want to run because running 26 miles is miserable. Yeah. I ran a half I ran a half marathon two years ago and it was rough. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's a long way. It's a really long yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and I think that goes back to the self-identity thing too. If you view yourself as a marathon runner, 
you're more likely to get up and not go against that view of yourself. Mm. If you view yourself as, and you can, you, you can trick yourself through repetition and intensity. And that's why I say that I move around and stuff when I do my affirmations, because a lot of people write them down. I am wealthy. I am happy. Like, okay, that doesn't really work. But if I'm jumping around, I am wealthy. I am happy. I'm abundant. And like really getting my feeling into it, it locks it into my, my personal and self-identity a lot faster um, and a lot better because you, things change by repetition and intensity. So mm. your beliefs are going to change by based on those two things. So if you can kind of put those into one practice, it's a lot, it's a lot easier. I love it. This is, um, this is brilliant. And so, you know, for yourself then, like, you know, if you, you seem to be able to use those things to reinforce, what are you doing to get through the hard times? And all of a sudden you, you, you wake up and you're like, nah, or maybe it's after the affirmation period, something happens, could be something bad in work. I mean, you could maybe even have an example, but when that, when that, um, does the negative thinking sometimes take hold and how, how do you get through those hard times? The negative thing. Yeah. So entrepreneurship is really hard. It's really, really, really hard. I mean, it, it's going to uncover every bad habit you have, every bad thought you have, all of that stuff. Um, so through the hard times, um, it happens a lot. And any, I think anybody that has been in business a really long time is going to tell you that that's the case. The people that haven't been in business or want to sell you a course or you can make money really easy in this way, like haven't been in the business long enough to get knocked over the head <laughs> mm, <laughs> enough mm. time to, to realize. And they're probably snake oil salesmen at that point. So for me, I'm always, I've always had this, um, and I actually just made a TikTok video about this today, um, feeling unmotivated. A lot of the times when you're in that pit, you can't think your way out of it. Right. It's it's going to be impossible to stop that spiral of you going, you going down. Cause I mean, I've gotten into some really deep spirals where it's like, I'm not good enough to do any of this. Um, and my instant, like get out of jail free card for that is moving my body. So I've, I've gotten into this habit where it's like, if I, unless I have a meeting coming up or something like that, um, I'll do a, a shorter version of this, but if, I am not really feeling it in the morning. I know in my brain and I just try to take, make, make my brain move my body in some way that could be dancing. That could be running. That could be going downstairs and swinging some kettlebells that can be physically going to the gym. And this is something that um, every single time one of my clients comes to me and asks me or says to me like, Oh, I'm not, I'm just really not feeling it today. Whatever. I always say, you know what I'm going to tell you to do? Go move your body, go for a walk, go do something physical. Cause that's the only way you're going to be able to change your, the chemicals that are, that are swirling around in your brain that are saying that you can't do something. So um, I don't know if you're familiar with Tony Robbins, but he talks about peak states and, and the different states that you can be in, in order to, to do things. And, and coming from a beautiful state in all things is really, really helpful. And how do you get into that? You move your body around because you can't be jumping up around, jumping up and down and super happy and like screaming your favorite song and still be depressed in that moment. When the oh, song's done, maybe you, can, maybe you can slide back down a little bit. But if I'm, 
and running is, is a little different. You could be absolutely miserable in running, but yeah. it's not as it's not that that deep dark misery that you can get sometimes when you're kind of in that landslide. So movement is the it's the one thing. Another thing is um, if you're kind of immobilized and you don't know what to do in that moment or like how to move forward, it's always a, a really good pl- practice to get clarity. So that for me, that's always journaling or walking and doing voice notes. I have hundreds of voice notes on my phone that I've never re-listened to um, because I think getting it out there and that awareness of getting it out there, a lot of the times kind of snaps you out of, of what needs to, or that, that kind of spiral or that immobility or stagnation that you're, that you're currently in. Nice. I, we have a comedian here, Carl Barron. I don't know if you've ever, um, you know, uh, heard him before, but he does this thing on stage where he's like, oh, I'm having a crap day. And then he just does this spin on the spot. He's like, no, I'm not. And he just loves this spin on the spot thing to be able to cheer him up. I always find it so hilarious um, watching that. And I've probably seen his DVDs 32 times. Um, absolutely hilarious. So I, I do like that. Um, the idea that, you know, we can be in a, in a state and then have a trigger or, or have an activity or something. Cause you know, the beauty of that is that's in our control. We are um, in a position where we can kind of like step out. Um, and, and, and even for me, like, you know, you're talking about the voice notes thing. Like I, I find that like um, being an extrovert, extrovert at times, like just talking through an idea, it's my first draft and I'll be like, Oh, you know, and this, and it's probably an, oh, but well, but hang on. And then once I see the words out there almost, then I can be like, yeah, but, 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 but and then pull that up, pull the negative thinking apart and then push on with what it is. Cause sometimes it's what seems so real in our mind, all these, the spiraling thoughts, it's, it's often not um, real at all and often doesn't have much substance to it and often is like a bit extreme so why would I even buy into that stuff and if I look back along my timeline I'm sure that there's plenty of moments where I can say well actually you did this and you did this and you did this and you're actually doing fine uh, and what advice would I give to a friend would I say to them it's it's hopeless and extreme and whatever else of course I would never say that to them I'd help them and, and help them change their mindset so I just need to do the same thing for myself and so I love that you've got that within your own control like do you find that that's in empowering for you knowing that basically if anything comes your way as soon as you've got um clarity i suppose that you're in that headspace or that you feel that way that you now have the power to make the shift oh absolutely yeah and i think something to to kind of just touch on is like you've made it through 100 percent of your bad days mm-hmm. right so <clears throat> that statement alone should be empower empowering enough where you've you've you did it like every single time you've been heartbroken or felt like you couldn't go on, like you're still here. Mm. And so you made it through hundred percent of your days. And like when I realized that and that there are tools at our disposal that stuff like not feeling great is our subconscious mind uh, keeping us in our comfort zone and that you can look out into the world of hundreds and maybe even thousands of examples of where people broke through their comfort zone. And so finding and having the tools to just break through those things is, I think the, is the ultimate power because then at that point you become limitless because anytime you come up to a wall, like we were talking about those walls before you have I have a couple different things in my toolkit, movement, running, 
these things, some, some mental stuff that I can do like breathe, breath work or breathing, or even like little triggers. Like I have a, a thing where it's like three taps on my chest is like what I did right before this interview. That's like the unlocking to my like better self and higher self. So if I, any, anytime I go into like a situation that I know might be a little bit stressful or I'm feeling a little bit off three taps on my chest and I've kind of locked that in through repetition and being in a really, really good state and doing that, being in a really, really good state and doing that, that every time I do the three taps on the chest, I'm, I'm locked in and ready to go with whatever it, whatever it takes. And you can almost, as you do, it's going to take a really long time, but as you do it, even just like doing it now, I can feel like that tingliness kind of sitting in the back of my back of my neck, like kind of shoot up like, all right, we're, what are we doing? We're going, mm-hmm. we're going somewhere we, and we got to be on top of it. So I think that's really cool. There's, there's so many different tools that you can, that you can play around with. And it like, you get to make this, like, this is a game that you get to like build and make and do whatever you want with. And I think a lot of people didn't believe that before like social media kind of blew up and you can like, we're going back to personal brands, but like you can really do whatever you want right now Mm. and a good enough living to, to do that and be super, super happy. Even if it's something super obscure. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen much Gary V? Yeah. So Gary V, I mean, yeah, Gary V talks about that a lot. Like you can have a blog that makes you $50,000 and you can talk about, um, how to get rid of the skunk smell or something. Yeah, <laughs> like something yeah, that's the random. thing. And, it, and it's like, and like I remember watching some of his videos and I'm thinking, surely not. But then I read Crushing It as well. And and then, you know, and, and, and it's just, you start to realize, well, actually, yeah, like there would be enough people out there. And then you see some YouTube videos or you see some things and you're like 22 million views, like what on that thing um, or, or whatever it might be. And it's like, I think it's authenticity. So, you know, uh, people that are really in, uh, you know, crushing it has this example of these two old ladies that go to um, the movies and they always um, bicker back and forward about um, who the best actress or actor was in the movie and what they liked, and what they didn't like. And, and people around them were laughing because these two old birds are kind of like best friends, but you know, no, it wasn't that it was this. And, and then th- that they end up having a podcast where they just pull apart the best movies and then they get to be able to go for movies for free and they get like to see advanced things and they get to meet people that they would never have met. And, and it's just because, that's what they loved and so i think you know obviously not everyone's going to make money in what they love but i do like that lesson of you know if you can if you can bring it back to uh you know something that you absolutely love it probably makes it a bit easier um to be able to carry that forward if you wanted to continue to do it um and again i've talked about it a couple of times but that i think it's jay shetty and then gregory diamond i've seen it but um with the circles of like what you love to do what you're good at what the world needs um, and what you can make money from where all those circles intersect can actually be a good pinpoint as to like well actually maybe i could do that thing and carry that thing forward as at least one of my income streams yeah and i actually i kind of want to challenge you a little bit about something because you just said um if you're passionate about you could probably make it mm-hmm. make money from it. Mm-hmm. i i kind of think that if you're if i'm passionate about the different dirts that are in the united states i could probably make good money being passionate about that because if you look at the viewing behavior of, of people like i this is a super good example video games 
I used to play video games professionally when I was in high school. I used to play Halo one and Halo two and like did all that, all that stuff. Wow. Um, I got out of it to go to college and I got out of it to uh, actually have a job and work and all that stuff. Now, some of the most wealthy people that are like on the come up are video game streamers and everybody always put video games down. And so right now, this second, you might not be able to make a million dollars off of the thing that you absolutely love, but somebody else loves that too. And they would love to network with you about it. And they would love to watch a video about it or have you speak somewhere. I don't know. Maybe there's like a planetary earth conference or something that you can go speak and because you're so knowledgeable and you have this, YouTube, a bunch of YouTube videos, you can go and have them pay you $50,000 to go speak or something like that. Mm, mm. So, I, Or a business honestly, that wants to pay you to be able to tap into your 500 loyal dirt followers you know you don't even have to have a million followers and and the business that's going to pay you to reach you know to product place or you know uh, promote a product or you know wear their shirt or whatever it might be um, and even though it's only 500 followers that might be enough that you make from that where you don't even have to do your full-time job anymore and that might be what you what you're able to do it, it, it's that's sometimes another thing too i find is people are sometimes wanting to to get to the million dollar idea or the million followers and until i I get to that point i can't start and because i can't see a million people that are going to love the different types of dirt well i shouldn't pursue that because it's not viable or profitable or, or whatever and maybe some ideas aren't meant to you know get off the ground and so be it but um you know if, even if you could get to a point where you had i remember hearing this statistic and it was something like if you had a thousand loyal followers that's enough to earn an income off and that completely shattered my mind space of like what you know a thousand loyal followers and when you think about it though a thousand loyal followers if each one of those people gave you a thousand dollars you you You've pretty well got a million bucks right so it's yeah. like it, it makes sense when you actually think of it like that but i had never really thought it of i too was looking at is this a million dollar idea how do i get to the big riches so that it's worthwhile yeah and i think too your your brain is gonna kick you in the face when you think that far ahead and that big uh something i think that people make a mistake on when they're doing their goals and stuff like that is setting them so high where, okay, I'm making $3,000 a month right now. I want to, I'm, I have a million dollar business. Like your brain, your physiology, your central nervous system, your mindset is telling you no. So you have to make those like incremental upgrades to your goals, I think. And a lot of people will, will put goals and, and stuff like that. So like you were saying, oh, I need to have a million dollars or a million followers in order to kind of get this started. Like if, if 20 people came into your room right now and were like looking at you working on your dirt, like how cool would that be? Your room mm -hmm. would be full. You would, have, you would have to be like asking people to like move around. And I think what people don't realize is that that number on social media is another person living their own timeline and taking the time out of their day to like look at your content or or press the like button or something like that, even as fast as it is that double click to like something on Instagram, it's still another person. So I think we've been jaded a little bit in terms of like seeing these big people have millions of followers or millions of views or something like that, but they don't realize, they don't take it back to, if you had, if you started a business before all of this social media stuff and 20 people showed up to your grand opening, 
and one person bought, you're going to be stoked. You're going to be mm-hmm. super happy. <laughs> yeah. 40 people know who you are now and our potential clients and one person purchased from you. So I think that's where a lot of new entrepreneurs get stuck is they set their goals way too high. So their body and brain doesn't really register it. And then they don't really look at it how it actually is because it's behind a screen and not right in front of you. Mm, 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 I like it. Oh gosh, I like it a lot. And so if you were to all of a sudden hop into a time machine and you flew back to your 18th birthday, what advice would you give 18 year old Adam? Hmm. The main advice I think would not have anything to do with, if I could only give one piece, it would have nothing to do with personal development or business or anything like that. It would be call more, spend time more. And specifically with my grandparents. Oh, wow. Okay. That's cool. Tell me more about that. So my, my grandma died um, of cancer and one of my biggest regrets um, in my entire life was not being there for when she died and not being there for when my grandpa died. So my, I was on my way to work when my grandma died and um, I didn't, I felt like I didn't spend enough time with her while she was kind of going through that decline of cancer. Mm. And not that I beat myself up over it a lot or anything like that, but that's one thing that I wish I would have had more time and asked questions and recorded conversations. And I don't have any videos or voice like Apple deleted my voicemails when I was updating my phone one time. And so I don't have any voicemails from her or anything like that. So I think it would be like, yeah, call and, and record some of those things. And like, as soon as somebody, if somebody that you love gets sick, like, document their journey and get as much information as you can out of them about living a beautiful and great life because uh, you might not get the chance to actually talk to them about it. And for my grandpa, um, he moved away with my parents and he, his health started to decline. He had a couple strokes and um, it got to the point where he couldn't really, in co- he couldn't coherently talk on the phone and I had so much time and I was so wrapped up in, in working for someone else and being like playing video games and like stuff that ultimately didn't matter and didn't get to ask him all the questions that I wanted to ask him. And I had that, I had that idea in my head of like, oh, I should do back then. Like there wasn't really like podcast podcast, but like Tim Ferriss was big back then in my life. And I was like, he has a podcast where he just asks a bunch of questions of these really great people. Maybe I should do that with my grandpa. And I never did. And so I think that would be my advice is if, if somebody is sick um, and you love them, spend as much time as you possibly can with them and ask and record the, the questions that they, that they have. Cause I think ultimately I would be back in the place that I am now. If I didn't, if I, if somebody were to go back and say like, Oh, personal development should be your number one thing. Like I'm healthy. I'm good with my personal development right now. So like starting it a little bit earlier wouldn't necessarily have changed my life that much, but if I could have those recordings and, and knowledge from my grandparents of, they helped raise me a lot. So single, Mm -hmm. my mom and my dad split up when I was two, 
Um, my mom raised me for a really long time, but I lived with my grandparents for most of my youth. And I have trinkets and um, their ashes and, and all of that stuff here, but I don't have those conversations. And that's what I really, really, really wish that I had. Wow. So that's interesting. So this human connection thing is, is so powerful. And it's like, it's one of the things that we, our lives are uh, on a, on a timeline. And so, so is everybody else around us and we don't know how long we get. So, you know, whether it's an elderly person that's sick, it could also be your sister. Um, you know, uh, you know, one of my friends reaches out to her family members every single day. And I'm just like, wow, like, how are you, how are you doing that? And it's just like, oh, like this beep you know what i mean like it's not even like you're, it's just dedicating some time and pressing beep on the phone and, and and all of a sudden you can have those um connections and then that becomes a habit and you know for her she'll look back on her life and, and go hey i actually have had a very tight relationship with my family and i don't think that there will be any regrets on on the playing field as to i should have done more and whereas i think i would have i would have that personally um all my family knows i love them but i could definitely reach out a lot more than i do so i think that's um that's something that i'll take away from this podcast and and, and put into place in my own life so if you were to hop in the time machine and bzz, all of a sudden to your 100th birthday looking back on your life what would you like to have achieved i would like to be able to look back and say that i went for it and um, have the knowledge that the people that I interacted with on a day-to-day, -day, my fiance, my family, um, that I loved them a lot, and that leaving this existence um, a little bit better than when I got here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be. It's not going to be monetary things. It wouldn't be anything anything like that. It would just be kind of sitting there like, I'm going to have regrets. Everybody's going to have regrets, but knowing that I love them, like if my kids, when I eventually have them, have any reason to think that I never loved them or didn't love them to the fullest extent of like that my heart is absolutely exploding, then I've, I've kind of failed at life. Mm -hmm. And so that would be, I would lay on my deathbed or being a hundred years old, looking back at my life and be extremely, extremely happy if the people that I love know that I love them. And um, if I've made some sort of difference and that, that I went for it, that I didn't um, kneel to the fear of failing and not doing the things that I wanted to do in my life. Oh, Adam, man, touching. That's like deep. I love it. I absolutely love this. This has been the best catch up. This has been so great. Um, I just really want to say thanks, man, for, for you taking the time. Uh, I've really enjoyed our chat. I can see that we could probably just chat for hours and hours, and I'd love to even, you know, get to know you more as, as time goes on. Uh, you know, but for people that are listening and they want to follow along on your journey, potentially work with you as a coach, what's the best ways, ways for them to go about doing that? Uh, Instagram, probably the, probably the easiest. Um, my Instagram handle is Adam T. Smith. You can also go on Google and, and type in Adam Tyler Smith, um, my website and social media platforms and all that stuff should go up there. Um, Adam Smith is pretty common name. So I always go by Adam Tyler Smith just so that people um, who want to get in contact can, but yeah, Instagram is probably the easiest. I think they have the easiest DM system. So just shoot me a message there. Legend, man. Look again, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and have a chat, bud. I've really appreciated your time and, and have, have really learned a lot. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
can't wait to uh, catch up hopefully here in the next couple of months. Now, also, you got a podcast as well. So do you want to just um, spruik what the name of your podcast is? Yeah, so it's kind of in the in the infancy stage right now, but it is the Unleashed Lifestyle Podcast. So um, I think I still need to put the links up on my website. But yeah, Unleashed Lifestyle, it's in all the different podcast platforms. So if you want to check me out over there too, that would be fantastic. Nice, man. Well, thanks again for taking the time. Absolutely. Thank you. And for everybody tuned in for another episode, thank you so much for being here. If you could like, comment, share, subscribe, do all of that sort of fun stuff. I'm Tom Bell. I look forward to catching you on the next episode.